Hey, what up? It's Podcast Rebellion. We're back at it again here in the Davis McCord State Farm Studio. Before I get to my guest, I do want to always remind you of our title sponsor, Davis McCord State Farm. If you are looking for those friendly neighborhood rates for all of your insurance needs, look no further than Mr. Davis McCord and State Farm. Um, because he is your one-stop shop in Tennessee and Mississippi for the service that you deserve at the price you want. Uh, so stop looking around. State Farm agent Davis McCord, ready to help. Call him at 901-755-6110 for your surprisingly great rates today. Y'all know the vibes. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, without further ado, we're bringing in our boy, Cool Nick. Um, dude, we did this last year. And then we did. I hate I hate to, you know, obviously not poking fun at what happened and why it all came crashing down. But um, some things happened last year. Um, global pandemic. It's been brutal. It's been rough. But we've had sports and now we have uh, what many people think is the greatest, uh, what, three weeks in sports. I, I can't wait. Uh, you know, missing it last year, it was, you know, it was a rough time everywhere. But missing sports was, you know, it was interesting. Yeah. It was interesting. Uh, March without madness. Yeah. But a different kind of madness. <laughs> That's right. Um, all right. So first four kicks off uh, Thursday, either uh, by the time you're listening to this or uh, the uh, evening before. Um so we can talk first four if you want, and then we can just go ahead and, and, and we won't waste too much time and just jump right in. Start talking about uh, some Cinderella's, some, uh, some uh, I guess, uh, it's, it's kind of weird to say it, lower ranked seed, higher ranked seed because of the numbers. And obviously, one, two, three, four is better than right. 14, 15, 16. But uh, let, let's go ahead and, and talk about the first four. Uh, what do you like? What do you not like? What are you watching for the most? Uh, I mean, I, I hate to say I'm going chalk uh, on the uh, first four, but I think Wichita State is a good basketball team. And Drake was a spread destroyer for most of the year. I mean, I think they started the year 14-0 and against the spread, but I, I think Wichita State's a better team. I think Michigan State is the better team. Um, and the other two, you know, App State, probably beats them. I, I don't, I don't know much about Mount St. Mary's and Texas Southern to be honest, but I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, you know, I think that this, the Drake team is, is compelling. It is certainly something like you said, did really well against the spread early on. Uh, it's kind of a fun story, but look, I, I think I just don't really see them getting too far here um and look i'm with you it's a lot of chalk um i mean it's you know it's weird to do that um correct me if i'm wrong i still think the only time all four number ones made it to the final four was what 2008 does that still stand yeah so there's good yeah some things are gonna fall apart um at some point um so it can't always go chalk, but I do think that a lot of the top seeds in this tournament are all very, very good. We'll get to them here shortly. Like I, I love Gonzaga, love Illinois, love Baylor. Um, there's a 
two seed that I know that you're very fond of that I am as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Wichita state probably gets away here. Um, I, uh, the other, probably the more compelling first four, which I think, you know, bearing the lead a little bit here, uh, UCLA, Michigan state to blue blood programs, well-known, um, as much as I typically say death taxes and Tom Izzo advancing in March, I kind of like the Bruins here. Um, looking at this one uh, and then App State, Norfolk State, I kind of like the Bruins, and I think I'm leaning Norfolk State. So, I mean, the going to the blue blood matchup against Michigan State and UCLA, I, I do agree with you that, you know, March is the time for Tom Izzo, and it's kind of uh, – you know, a lame bet to go after Michigan State. But UCLA, the times I've watched them this year, they either look really good or they look really bad. And they've lost their last four going into the tournament, which tells me right now they're not playing well. Now, it was against, you know, quality competition, Colorado, Oregon, USC, you know, those teams. But I don't like. I don't think UCLA is kind of the high-flying, guard-heavy team that we're used to UCLA being, whereas Michigan State is maybe getting a little bit better towards the end of the season. I just think they're trending in opposite directions right now. Yeah, the, I, I don't think UCLA is as solid defensively as Mick Cronin would like them to be. Um, now, look, it's they're they're playing in the first four for a reason. Um, not super strong, not really stellar, but. Um, you know, I think uh, you know a, a Nashville native, Tiger Campbell, all all Pac-12 guard for UCLA, um, could be uh, somewhat of a, a tipping point here. I, I like what um, you know Johnny Juzang, the the transfer for Kentucky from Kentucky, gives them. Um, I think it's going to be close, and I kind of lean whoever wins that game is going to beat BYU in the next round. Interesting. Yeah, and I, I don't disagree with that um, at all. I would take either of these teams coming out to knock off BYU. So I'm, I'm kind of planning on auto-betting whichever squad comes out against them. I think, they're, I think they're ranked too high. I don't think a six-seed is appropriate for BYU if you're putting Loyola-Chicago at a nine-seed. Like it just – that didn't add up yeah. to me. So I do agree with you there. I, I, Michigan State has beat – three teams I think in the top five in the last month so I mean there there's something there with Michigan State when they play well so I agree it's going to be a tight game and a fun one um but yeah all right uh so I guess moving on from the uh from the first four let's let's talk Cinderella's um I got some 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 analytics got some numbers uh to throw at you so here kind of I think the I guess the run of the mill candidates for Cinderella this year. You ready? Yep. All right. So we have the 23 and one Winthrop Eagles going against Villanova, big South champs. Um, Really like these guys. Uh, Watched a lot of them in the Big West tournament. The UC Santa Barbara Gauchos, 22 and four, 66th in adjusted offensive efficiency, uh, won the regular season and tournament. Uh, out there in the Big West, they take on Creighton, who got absolutely throttled by Georgetown in the Big East tournament. Um, you've got Ohio going against Virginia. 
Um, I don't know if it's just kind of like a joke now where it's like, oh, well, you know, Virginia lost to a 16 seed. So they're always on on the clock. Um, but Ohio is no slouch. 16 and seven mid-American tournament champs, 29th in uh, adjusted offensive efficiency. Uh, and here's something for you. Jay Billis called Jason Preston the uh, LaMelo ball of the tournament, whatever that means. Um uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, North Texas Conference USA tournament champ, forty uh, second in adjusted defensive efficiency, seventeen and nine. They're taking on Purdue, and then uh, my darling, the boys from uh, from upstate Colgate, the Raiders, or as I like to call them, <laughs> the, the mystery squad. Yeah, the Gators. Uh, go Gate. Um, Fourteen and one. Won the Patriot League. Um, they absolutely just bomb it and shoot the lights out. They take on Arkansas. Tough matchup because I think Arkansas is really, really good and has a real shot at uh, going deep. But out of those teams, who do you like? And then is there anybody that I left out? Uh, yeah, so I think the the easy place to start is with Winthrop. Uh, just because they're going up first round against Villanova, Colin Gillespie's out. Uh, Gillespie's out with an ACL tear. It reminds me, uh, you remember when we were in Biloxi two years ago and Kansas State's guard had busted up his knee in the tournament and they had to face UCI, UCI first round, four and a half point dogs, and they they upset Kansas State. Winthrop's a six and a half point dog against Villanova for a reason, and that's because Gillespie matters. Mm-hmm. Um, the, Villanova's a top five team a month ago. Yeah. You know, and now they're, they can't break seven points against Winthrop. I think they get through that. My my issue with Winthrop and North Texas as uh, Cinderella, because I like them both to win their first round games. I think Purdue's bad, by the way, and I'll touch on that again. Um, but they run into Baylor in the Sweet 16. Yeah. Both of them do. Yeah. Presumably, they sure. run into Baylor. And, and, and the same thing I saw on the other side of the bracket – with UCSB and it's you end up running into Gonzaga. It's like there is a ceiling on the Cinderella squads um, that we took a look at this year. Colgate, I hate it for Arkansas because I love Arkansas, uh, but Colgate's a total mystery with no film. They've played, I think, five teams this year across 15 games. I don't know what you do with that as Arkansas, and that could absolutely be an out-of-nowhere upset. Um, the team – okay, if we want to look at actual, like look at the road and say, could they realistically make the elite eight? I looked at St. Bonaventure because okay. they're starting off against LSU. Their second round presumably is against Michigan, who is now missing Isaiah Livers, which Michigan's obviously awesome, but now Livers is out and there's maybe an adjustment period. Mm-hmm. From there, they have to face Florida State coming off a big break, but did make it to the ACC final. I, I just I see maybe a more realistic Cinderella path for St. Bonaventure. Um, yeah, that's that's right. a trendy one. Um, I know I know LSU, you know, basically rimmed out of winning the SEC tournament um, and took Alabama to the wire. And I think Alabama's Elite Eight, potentially Final Four with what they have. Um, love the vibe I'm getting from you on Winthrop. Uh, one thing that they do, um, Pat Kelsey's team, very, 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 very fast. 11th fastest adjusted tempo in the country. Um, basically does, you know, hockey style line changes. Plays 
anywhere from 10 to 11 guys. Villanova, you know, typically under Jay Wright, very, very slow half-court basketball, that classic Big East style, really defensive. Um, but if Winthrop can can get them out and running, I, I kind of like that pace of the game for them to, to really shake things up. And then, you know, the Gauchos, like them a lot. Um, one thing uh, about them... They play a lot of low possession games, 295th in adjusted pace, um, but they've just been so efficient. Um, 1.23 points per trip um, in the Big West title game against UC Irvine. Um, and look, I mean, who knows how, what, what Creighton's going to do um, with, with McDermott and his bunch. You know, I mean, mention they just got pounded by Georgetown. So, Long, long layoff before this game, so maybe they get it back. But um, I like those two. Well, and, and so you touched quick on Winthrop's pace of play. What's interesting about Winthrop is they match that pace of play with the 13th overall defensive efficiency in the country. And so when I was looking at first-round upsets, a team down their star guard going up against a team who's top 20 in defensive efficiency – I mean, it, it could actually be kind of a a boat race, you know, if Villanova can't get it together early offensively without Gillespie. Um, UCSB, so I agree with you on Creighton because their offensive efficiency numbers are are not what you think they should be. They were, you know, top five preseason. They have all the talent in the world. My concern with you at uh, UCSB is they haven't played east of California all year. They they have they haven't left California. They played Hawaii twice. I think it was a one and one a home and home or something. But you know, again, we just don't know what UCSB is. And I know Creighton is very talented, but UCSB could get by Virginia, and so could Ohio. Mm. So either of those teams, you know, get by those two, you're going to run into Gonzaga eventually. But totally, those both of those squads could make the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't here's mention. I want to touch on the Virginia Ohio game because what do we what do we always think about Virginia? Oh, it's just defense. Slow, right? yeah, methodical half court defense. Okay, this year they are sub 100 in defensive efficiency nationally. Okay. Okay. They are 16th offensively, but you run against, you, you go up against Ohio who has a fifth a top 20 offensive team. So it's interesting to see Virginia is kind of like flip-flopped how we traditionally know Virginia to be, and I think it's actually to a disadvantage against Ohio. Okay, interesting. Um, yeah, Ohio shoots it well. Um, you know, I mentioned Preston. Um, he averaged oh, yeah. damn near 23 points, five assists, five rebounds in the uh, MAC tournament. Um, and then Ben Vanderplas, who has uh, – he had 26, 8, and 7 – in the uh, semifinal win over Toledo. Uh, the Bobcats are 13th nationally in effective field goal percentage. So a team like Virginia that's going to try to slow you down, you got to be efficient. Ohio can can be efficient. I mean, they're shooting close to, um, you know, effective field goal percentage close to 56%. And then um, they're 56 in three-point percentage at almost 37% from deep. So um, a team that's going to maximize their chances uh, when, uh, you know, maybe Virginia tries to squeeze them a little bit. Um, they're still going to be able to score, presumably. Um, all right, so 
Can I throw one more yeah, at absolutely. you before we yeah. move on? Okay. And this one, I, I dove a little deeper than I normally do. Grand Canyon against Iowa, 15 against a two mm-hmm. seed. All we know about Grand Canyon is that they trot out a seven footer and a six ten guy to start every game. Iowa has not seen that this year. So I went through Iowa's games and I, I said, how many times has Garza seen a seven footer this year? He's played against three across five games. Iowa is one in four in those games. And it's not because Garza doesn't produce. I mean, one of those games against Minnesota, he was 17 rebounds, 35 points or something, but it disrupted their offense, which runs effectively through Garza enough to, th- to I mean, it's something. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm throwing money on, on Grand Canyon against the spread, but I, I don't know. You, you, I think, I think Luke Gar- uh, Garza is going to see something he hasn't seen before. CJ Frederick has, he disappears at times. And we saw it against Illinois in the final or uh, in the big 10 tournament. And Bohannon is only six one. It's not like there's some massive size advantage at the guard position for Iowa. So just another one that I, I, I don't seriously think Grand Canyon is going to beat Iowa, but it'll be interesting. Yeah. I think. Oh, I mean, Hey, it's March, man. This, this is March. I know. Um, so, yeah. so yeah, I mean, anything can happen and it, I mean, it help. you know, <clears throat> numbers take over at some point with two big guys. I mean, Garza can't cover them both and he can't do it all. Um, so no, I mean, I don't hate, I don't hate you bringing that up at all. I mean, that's a, that's a hell of a point. Um, real quick, we're going to take our break here from the sponsors. When we come back, we'll have more with cool Nick talking more March madness. We're going to get into the, uh, the nuts and bolts of, uh, each bracket, each uh, region, talk uh, who we like, who we don't like, and things like that. So hang tight. We'll be right back. It's Zach again, Podcast Rebellion, to remind you of our lovely sponsors here at the show. If you like New Orleans-inspired cuisine, go see Kelly English and the good folks in Memphis at Second Line or Restaurant Iris for some fantastic food and cocktails. You can also travel down to the coast to Magnolia House in Biloxi at Harris Gulf Coast. Blackjack, craps, slots, southern cooking, cocktails, what's not to like? All three fantastic establishments, part of the Kelly English Restaurant Group. Good food, good people, good cocktails. It can't be beat. That's Second Line, Restaurant Iris in Memphis, and Magnolia House in Biloxi. Speaking of good food, if you're in Oxford, go see Greg and the good folks at LB's Meat Market, the inaugural sponsor of this year's podcast, on University Avenue, across from Kroger. Celebrate with the best protein for your almost grilling needs with Greg and the rest of the folks there. And be sure to tell them that Red Cup sent you for exclusive deals and promotions. Remember, the Philly combo is back for just $10 right now. And you've got your lunch specials. 11 to three thirty, Monday through Friday. That's LB's meat market on university across from Kroger. Arby's is full of shit. LB's has the meats. Speaking of Oxford, if you're looking to get some libations going, be sure to check out Wonderbird spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery. It's a quick little eight minute drive South of Oxford on old Taylor road. And it's the only spot in the Magnolia state for a true grain to glass gin experience. 
The space is fantastic. Chan and the rest of the guys there are doing some fantastic stuff. Uh, go there, get a tour, do a tasting, or you could do both. Inquire about maybe running it out for a private event, maybe a anniversary, a wedding reception, a rehearsal dinner, something. The place is amazing. That's Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery in Taylor, Mississippi. And be sure to follow them on Instagram for all their latest updates and uh, comings and goings there at Wonderbird. Speaking of libations, if you're in Memphis and you're looking to stock the cooler this year, Old Dominic on South Front Street is your place to go. Just like Wonderbird, you can go there for a tasting, for a tour, or both. And be sure to check out the rooftop bar, which is super awesome, has some great views of downtown Memphis, of the Mississippi River. Uh, you can try their Healing Station High Rye Bourbon, the Memphis Toddy, the Memphis Vodka, or the new Honey Bell Vodka. You can get it all there or at your local package store. So celebrate with that Healing Station bourbon, a very small batch high rye bourbon by the folks at Old Dominic. It's a bold classic whiskey with notes of stone fruit, dark cherry, and just the right amount of spice and heritage that dates back to 1866. You can enjoy it neat or even in your favorite cocktail like an old-fashioned. It's got a mash bill of 52% corn, 44% rye, and 4% malt. Healing Station stands alone in its category of high rye bourbons. So you could do that, or you can enjoy a quick taste of Memphis Toddy before the game this weekend, and then you can wind down with that Healing Station afterwards. So, like we always say, ask your, pa- ask, ask your package store where you can find Healing Station by Old Dominic. And, as always, OD encourages you to share SIP responsibly. And last but certainly not least, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, make it a Clark Ford vehicle. Corey Clark and the rest of the folks in Amory, Mississippi on Highway 25 are committed to finding you a new vehicle today. Be sure to browse their inventory online, request more information about the vehicles, set up a test drive, and inquire about financing all online. If you want to do it a little old school, maybe uh, conversate via telephone, you can give them a call at 662-257-1900 and get in a new Ford today. And we are back here, Podcast Rebellion, Cool Nick here talking 2021 March Madness. Talked a lot of first four a lot of Cinderella's. All right, so let's go ahead and just jump right into it. Um, we've talked about them here. We've mentioned them a couple times. <laughs> I don't think we need to talk too much about the West. Um, look, I, I, I did see a column earlier this week, and I can't remember who wrote it. Um, somebody said if Gonzaga does it, runs the table, could they be considered one of the greatest teams of all time? I don't think that's crazy to say because, one, they'd be undefeated, and that hasn't happened in the modern era. Uh, in some time. Um, first team to go undefeated in the regular season in a long time. I don't remember the actual date. Might have been back when Indiana did it. But um, look, I, I don't think you need to really uh, talk yourself out of it. I think Gonzaga runs through this thing. I think they're going to make it to the Final Four. Um, I, I Look, I think Mark Few and, and the Zags are the odds-on favorite to win this thing. They're just... Uh, Jalen Suggs and 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 Drew Timmy and those guys are just very 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 good. I think they've only been in one single digit game all season. So I, if you have anything else for the West, fire away. Um, I mean, look, according to the 
the ESPN's uh, basketball power index, they're uh, 48% possibility to win it all. The uh, next closest is Iowa at 27 and a half. After that, it just falls off a cliff. Um, Virginia 3.6, Creighton 2.4, Kansas 2.4. I don't, don't get cute and, and think Kansas is going to do something with Bill Self. I don't think that's the case. I mean, do you see anything else happening in the West? Uh, no, I, I don't. And, and just to put how good Gonzaga is into perspective, you know, in January, they add Ben Gregg, who's a four-star top 60 recruit that got immediate eligibility and he joined their roster. He's getting less than two minutes a game. Look at all the teams in the, in the uh, tournament this year. How many of the, those teams would have been starting a top 60 kid who immediately joins their yeah. group? giving him rotation minutes. The kid can't get on the court. You know, the, the only team and I Oregon, Oregon's starting five is as good as there is anywhere. And what I mean by that is their, their team motto is something like, if it's not, you know, if it's something about, if I don't score buckets tonight, you'll, you'll score all the buckets and we'll be fine. It's something like that. All five guys average double digits, but on any given night, a guy's going for 24. So there's very much like a pick-me-up thing. My issue is they go five deep, and they usually run only eight guys off the floor. So I think they maybe fatigue and wear out, but I, no, I have nothing else yes. yeah. <laughs> in the way. It's yeah, let's, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll keep it pretty kosher here. Um, all right, let's go to the South, another heavy favorite. I think it's Baylor. Um, what Scott Drew has... Um, Look, I mean, they've been a favorite up there with Gonzaga all year. Um, I mean, they have multiple guys that can go off at any point. Uh, one thing to consider, extra day of rest. They lost in the semifinals of the Big 12 tournament. You know, who cares, whatever. They won the regular season title. It doesn't matter. Um, here's a stat for you. Since 2002, eight teams that finished in the top five at Kimpom have returned at least four starters the next season. Four of those teams made the national title game and three won the title. Baylor is in that group. So there's some Ooh. good odds for you. Wow. Um, as far as anyone else that can really, man, I maybe Ohio State. I, they played Illinois lights out in that Big Ten title game that uh, went into the wee hours on Sunday. But um, I, I think Baylor's just too strong. They've been so consistent all year, and I just think that they're going to get it done. So Ohio State looks like what Houston and the NBA was trying to do for a while, where they trot out their tallest guy is 6'9", and they try to just bully you to a win. And I don't think that works, works against Baylor, who will bully you right back. The, the only team that I think threatens Baylor here, and I think it's going to be one of the games of the tournament if it happens, is Baylor-Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm really high on Arkansas uh, just because of their efficiency ratings and their style of play reminds me of my other favorite team in this tournament. Um, but looking down the rest of rest of the teams there, I don't see anybody matching up with Baylor uh, particularly well. The Arkansas-Baylor game would just be absolute just nutso. Um, the Hogs are the oh, Hogs yeah. are seventh in the country in scoring at 82.4. Um they love to get up and down the floor and run. That game right there is just going to be 10 athletes on the floor at all times, just throwing haymakers. Yeah. Um, 
Eric Musselman. Oh, I can't. I say Eric Musselman is a weird dude, but uh, he can coach, and um, they're uh, they're they're fun to watch. Um, all right, so let's keep this train moving. Um, let's go over to the Midwest. Uh, we just mentioned them. Illinois, I, a lot of people love the Illini, and for good reason. Um, I love the mass man, and uh, Kofi Cogburn is is a monster. We teased it earlier with a two seed that we both like. And I know that you're high on them. You've been high on them all year. I really think the Houston, the Houston Cougars can make some noise here in the Midwest. Uh, yeah, yeah, I have them coming out of the Midwest. Um, I think Houston. Look, I, I, I told you guys last this last time I came on the podcast. I think it's the last twelve, fifteen years. Every team but one that has won the national title has been top twenty-five in offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency. So you always hear me harp on that. There are only two teams in the tournament this year that qualify for that, and that's Gonzaga and Houston. And and it's not like they're just barely in the rankings. Houston is number three in defensive efficiency and number five in offensive efficiency. So while Illinois can score a hundred points on any given night, I, I just like Houston as an all-around squad athletically to match them at every position and to, again, Quentin Grimes is the man. It's, and he is he just screams March Madness to me. Um, he, will, he will take a shot from anywhere. And, yeah, you know I'm high on Houston. I've been, I was high on Houston going into last year's tournament. I, I think they take out an Illinois squad and end up coming out. But I will say this seems to be the region that's most wide open in my opinion. Yeah. I look, I I think, and this is going to be, we've used the word unprecedented 9 million times over the course of the last year with everything going on. But with this tournament being so unique with, you know, 25% capacity, everything's in Indianapolis. Um, you know, usually when you play these games, they're, you know, in a normal tournament season, they're always in NBA arenas. They're big, you know, high ceiling fans are, you know, it's either at a, at a place that's a football stadium and, and the floor is elevated. So the shooting is is typically can be a little different for teams. They kind of have to get used to shooting. Um, it's kind of like football, though. Defense travels in basketball as well. Um, and look, the Cougars really lock you down. And one thing that I love about this Houston team, they lead the country in offensive rebounds, second chance, third chance points. That's going to, I mean, look, shout out to, uh, to coach Orion in, in D three. I mean, clean up the trash. I mean, that's, that's what they do. They extend possessions and they just really just kind of beat you down and just wear you out. And it's not like they're especially big either. They're all athletic. Yeah, I was going to say that their guards rebound just as well as the big guys. It's not like a 7-footer grabbing all those rebounds. These are hustle plays. I love watching Houston play. But again, we go back to like amazing Elite Eight games. If Illinois and Houston run into each other, whew. Oh, dude. That's going to be great. Yeah, I mean, you know, another shout out to Jay Billis, which I I thought what he said was great. Um, Talked about the mass man, uh, Dosamu. At Illinois, he calls him Batman, and he calls Cogburn, uh, Cockburn, Incredible Hulk, uh, which, like which is that. pretty accurate. Um, all right, so next, can we 
can we just address in the Midwest has the team that got shafted worse than any team I've seen in recent memory. Loyola Chicago loses one game this year. They are, from efficiency rating standpoint, they're super solid. They have to play the ACC championship champion first game, presumably Big Ten champion second game. That's that's a terrible draw. It really is. I, I think they could have made some moves if they weren't in that specific part of that bracket. Yeah, and I love the Ramblers. I think that they get by Georgia Tech. Um, number one ranked defense in the country from an efficiency standpoint. Um, I, they can't take away everything. I think that Josh Pastner and and, and Jose Alvarado, he played an incredible ACC title game. Um, you know, Moses Wright, the ACC player of the year, they're, they're going to get theirs. But again, I, defense, man, I, I think, I mean, the Ramblers did it, um, you know, a couple years ago where they um, made it to the Final Four in 2018 as an 11 seed with just really strong defense. They really lock you down the entire floor. Um, they do it half court. They do it full court. They'll pick you up at half court. They'll mix in some zone. But, um Look, they've they've won 21 of their last 23 games. Um, the possessions are really long. And one of the things that's huge, and <laughs> as much college basketball as, as, as you watch, with how the officiating has just been so wild, um, the Ramblers, they don't foul. They play exceptional defense without fouling, which, look, it's it's crucial in any game, but in a tournament setting with depth issues and and with, you know, high level, high intensity, high stress games, when you're not having to worry about foul trouble, um, I like that. And and I, I like the Ramblers in the first round against Georgia Tech. You might have just changed my bet on that game. Because I was I was assuming Michael DeBoe is gonna have a huge game because Loyola Chicago doesn't have any size in the guard position. Yeah. And I, I just I, but I think you're right. Uh, you're, you're probably right. Georgia Tech's young too, and Josh Pastner's not exactly like a staple of discipline coaching. So, yeah, you're probably right there. Yeah, and hey, I could I could be completely wrong because it's March. Um, one more game I want to ask you about because it's got probably arguably the best player in the tournament. Um, number four, Oklahoma State. Number thirteen, Liberty. This one's really, 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 uh, really spicy on paper. Um, isn't Cade Cunningham just going to just outplay whoever Liberty has? Or do you think the Flames have a shot? You have to assume Cade Cunningham's going to do whatever he wants in that game. Um, I imagine Liberty throws two guys at him the whole time, tries to slow him down. I, I don't know. He is so good. And he looked really good towards the end of the season especially in the Big 12 tournament, kind of tough to bet against Cade Cunningham right now. Yeah, I, I'm, tr- I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out a path for Liberty to get through this game. Um, I mean, Darius McGee, he's small, but he makes shots. He's a great shooter. Um, uh, Elijah Cuffey, A-Sun Defensive Player of the Year. I know it's the A-Sun, but he, look, they're still there. Um, I think this one, you know, Lee Corso, you know, extreme Lee Corso vibes here. Closer than the experts think. But again, I mean, I, big stage, I think, 
Cade Cunningham, who's probably going to be the number one overall pick in the NBA draft, is is going to shine pretty bright here. Um, I think Oklahoma State gets by a little bit closer. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think the Cowboys get it done. I think uh, a yeah, little, little bit too much for Liberty. Uh, all right. Um, so let's go ahead and talk Final Four, um, who we have. Um, the East. Oh, yeah. Sorry. We skipped the East region. It's because we're all going to put Alabama in the final four. Oh man, my bad. Uh, My apologies to the uh, to the East. Um, All right, (laughs) I think a lot of people like Michigan. Uh, I think Jawan Howard has done much better than I thought he would. Um, I kind of thought it was cute. Oh yeah, you know, you you hire the guy that played there, um, recruited recruited incredibly well. they lost three out of their last five, um, and then you don't really know what you're going to get out of Isaiah Livers. He, he's banged up. Um, they, they're saying he's not going to play. Yeah, and and, and, and that's huge. Uh, that changes a ton. I mean, look, take your pick. I mean, you've got Texas in there with Shaka Smart. He's got the hair now. Um, new man. Um, Alabama's incredibly good. And then, look, probably – one of the guys that I think is overlooked so much for being an incredible basketball coach. And that's Leonard Hamilton in the Florida state Seminoles. Oh yeah. So lost in the ACC title game to Georgia tech, but man, they are tough. They're long, they're athletic and they can really stretch you out. And you talk about built like Houston. That's a team that's built like Houston. And I love watching those teams, and I love those teams in March. So, uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with you on Florida State. I don't think Michigan – I just – I think Livers going out is a problem. And uh, and I I think there are healthy top ten teams surrounding them. And Alabama is just they're, – they're, they're too good. They are really good. Um, I wish Rick, Rick Patino's Iona got to see somebody else in the first round because I would have loved to ride that yeah. train. Um, well, I mean, I think, I mean, hell, the second round game that's going to be jumping Michigan LSU. I mean, LSU getting in as um, what are they eight? Yeah, yeah an, eight. an eight. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, they have what four NBA dudes on that team. Um, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna give Michigan all that they want. I think. I think LSU gets it done against Michigan. Okay, I. I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and try to talk you out of that. <laughs> um, I, look, I think the Florida State Colorado game is gonna be sneaky good. I remember watching Colorado in the conference tournament. Um, we were out in Scottsdale mm-hmm. at some dive bar. Um, shout out to uh, Florida Mike taking over the uh, jukebox. Uh, it was emo night uh, when we were there. But, um, man, the buffs are good. Um, I think Florida State ekes out a win there. And then another blue blood big-time matchup, Texas-Michigan State. I like the Longhorns there. I think Shaka Smart moves on. Um, and, look, I, Alabama – with what they have with, with Herb Jones and that defense and as, as good as they have played down the stretch, um, pretty much dominating the SEC. 
Uh, I like them to move on against Maryland. Um, Sweet 16-wise, I kind of feel like we're going to get a Michigan-Florida State and an Alabama-Texas in that bracket. What do you think? Uh, hang on one second. I'm about to pull. I got to pull my bracket back up, so keep going with it. I, you know, I think I think Michigan can get it done. Um, or excuse me, LSU can get it done against Florida State with just the, the NBA talent that they have. I, I think that LSU can move on and then – I think we're going to get a rematch of the SEC title game. I think you're going to get LSU and Alabama again, which will just be an absolute just heavyweight fight with how that game ended in Nashville with Nate Oates telling telling Will Wade and the Tigers to get the fuck out. I mean, that was pretty electric. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, looking at my bracket, I think what you have in that one is I think you're going to end up seeing... Is it crazy to say that you're going to see Alabama in the Final Four? I don't think so. I, I have them in my Final Four. Okay. Yeah, I don't think that's um, too crazy. I, I mean, yeah, they pass the eye test. From, and I actually got to watch a decent amount of Alabama basketball this year. And they, to me, are a top – they have to be a, one of the three, four best teams in the country. Yeah. And, and it, it didn't even seem like they were tested an awful lot. No. Uh, I don't think some of the scores were indicative of how much of a lead they build right out of the gate on, on squads. But and no, I, I think I think Alabama is special this year. They could make a run and win it all. Yeah. Um, just some other names to throw out um, that I've got kind of uh, making some noise, not not really upsetting anyone, or you know, because I've got pretty much chalk in the final four. I've got one, two, one, two. Um, I like Texas Texas Tech to go deep. I like Oregon to make a run. Um, and then uh, I think pretty much everywhere else, I got Florida State, Alabama, and then I got Illinois, Houston. Um, all right, so we ready? Final four, unveil them. Yeah, let's hear it. All right, so I've got Gonzaga going up against two-seed Alabama on one side. And I've got Baylor going up against Houston on the other. So one, two, one, two is what I've got. So man, I've got three of the same four predictably Gonzaga, Alabama, and Houston. I have Arkansas to upset Baylor in the elite eight. Um, I, again, I'm just, I'm really high on Arkansas right now. I, I, they, uh, they have gotten better and better throughout the season. You're high on the hog as they say. High on the hog. (laughs) Yep. Um, but you know, again, I think that that Baylor Arkansas matchup, if it happens in the elite eight will be one of the games of the tournament. And maybe just to set myself apart a hair, I threw out Arkansas to knock them off. Um, but I, 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 I think it's very plausible that it happens. All right. National championship. Nick, I legitimately flipped the coin. I think Gonzaga's, I think they handle Alabama. I think front court, back court, they can get it done. Alabama is very good, um, but I think that uh, the Zags and Mark Few are going to be too much for Alabama. Um, I mean, just top to bottom, they're deep. They shoot the ball well. They can run. They can slow things down. They they can kind of do it all. Um, on the other side, flip the coin. I think I'm going to go Baylor over Houston. I. I really hated to do it, 
because Kelvin Sampson and the Cougs are so, so tough. I just, man, Scott Drew, it, it, what he's been able to do at, at, at Baylor is impressive. And it's almost kind of where I, maybe I'm subconsciously speaking it into existence to where we get Gonzaga Baylor, because I think that that's, that's kind of the, that's the matchup that I think everybody wants to see. Um, the two, you know, the top two seeds going at each other. Um, and then I got the Zags winning it all, hoisting amidst the confetti. What do you got? I mean, the irony if it's Baylor Gonzaga, you know, that was the big hyped up game early in the season and it ended up getting canceled. Yeah. So we we should have seen Baylor Gonzaga already. Um, and we obviously have not. So I, I do have Houston beating Arkansas uh in the final four on uh one side, and then I have Gonzaga beating Alabama on the other, and I have Houston beating Gonzaga. I think, again, I, I think, gun to my head, Gonzaga is far and away the best team in this tournament. Mm-hmm. I, there's a reason they're plus 200, two to one odds to win the tournament with however many games to go. Yeah. Um, but again, maybe I'm just blinded by my own fanhood here. <laughs> But I think Houston, gritty, punch them in the mouth. I love seeing West Coast teams have to come down and get kind of clocked in the, you know, mm. it's just a different kind of game. And maybe they can kind of bully Gonzaga around for the first time this year. And really, you know, it's not like Gonzaga's, you know, eh. give me Houston all day. I, I've had that bet out for four months and I'm I'm sticking to it. So, I think one of the better games that in my bracket that we presumably get in the Elite Eight is Illinois Houston. Um, I've talked enough about Osamu and, and Cockburn. I think that those two guys that that one two punch going up against Houston would be a ton of fun to see. I would love to watch that game. I hope it happens. Um, you know, I look, I was looking at, you know, kind of sifting through his takes. Um and just for for thought here, and I, I reference Jay Billis a lot because I do think he is like the probably the most intelligent college basketball analyst out there. Um, you know, I was listening to uh, No Laying Up had him on their podcast a couple months ago, and uh, Big Randy actually said that um, if they had a commissioner for college basketball, that Jay Billis should be it. Which I love that um, he actually has Gonzaga Illinois in his national championship. So he has the Illini making it through um, Houston and the rest of that that bracket. And uh, he has Gonzaga winning it all, which cool to see. I hope we do get to see it just for the hype, whether they win it all or not. But if Gonzaga makes it to the national championship game, they would be 31-0 at that point. So that would be a ton of fun. And man, you want to you you talk about some things tightening up when you're 31-0 in the national title game. That would be, uh, you know. You know who who who's gonna That's be cool. who's gonna be wheat and who's gonna be chaff? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I I think if you see Illinois running, I I think Gonzaga are they're obviously way more vulnerable late in the tournament than they are early from an emotional standpoint because the pressure is gonna mm-hmm. build. They they have no reason to not win the national championship this year, and they know it. Yeah, and. Luckily, their coach is probably the chillest guy on earth. So yeah. <laughs> maybe he can settle them down a hair. And look, he's been there before. Um, you know, Gonzaga's no longer that that trendy, 
you know, oh, they're they're hip West Coast, you know, fun team. Like, no, like Mark Few's been there for a long time. And they have been at this elite elite level for a long time. Um, kind of go against the grain with what I've said on the show, picking Gonzaga over Alabama because I've talked about defense traveling and how um, defense can can really shake things up in, in tournament games. But I mean, Gonzaga scores so 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 much and so well. I think that they are just going to kind of break Alabama's back in that Final Four matchup. But um, look, man, it's finally here. It's going to be fun. Um, you know, I told you that I was going to quit gambling and then Justin Thomas got me back on the horse last week at the players. So, um, we've got some, uh, we've got some units that we can, uh, tinker with. Well, big thanks to JT for that one. Right. Let's have some fun. Yeah. Do you, do you have any best bets for the first round? Like, I mean, what are your, not just gut feelings, but numbers over unders, do you have any best bets for the first round? Um, let's see. Let's, uh, let's sift through here. Um, while you're sifting, I'm going to give you. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. So we mentioned Virginia and Ohio. Okay. Virginia, you know, pretty much they're a lock for 130 points is going to be the projection every time from Vegas. The line is sitting at 130 points. Virginia is not as good defensively as Everybody perceives them to be because of historical, you know, because they are, how they are historically. Mm-hmm. The over in Virginia, Ohio, over 130 seems very logical. And the under in North Texas, Purdue. And I'm not trying to dump on Purdue here, but they, they for a four seed, their numbers are an absolute joke. Yeah. I mean, they, they, 73rd in offensive efficiency and 111th in deficient uh, defensive efficiency. I, I don't see a four seed when I've watched, I've watched Purdue. Yeah. Frustrating to watch Purdue. <laughs> so anyway, I, I'm going under 126 and a half in that. Okay. Um, all right. I've got some here. I've got some totals and then I've got some spreads, um, some totals that I like, I think over 140 for Liberty at, uh, in Oklahoma state. I kind of feel like that's, kind of a given i think both are going to score a ton uh, i like under 138 for georgetown colorado um over 144 and a half st bonaventure lsu and then i've got under 145 grand canyon iowa and then for some uh some spreads i like colgate plus eight and a half i like ohio state minus 16 i like clemson plus one and a half against rutgers i think uh I think the Scarlet Knights are semi-frauds. Uh, and then uh, UNCG, Florida State, I got I got the Knolls minus 10.5. I kind of feel like I'm picking which first-round games the, the higher seed's going to be in big-time blowout fashion. I think, those are, uh, I think those are pretty solid. Yeah, yeah, those are fair. Hey, what do you think about Abilene Christian plus nine against Texas? I know you you're you seem to be very high on Texas. Yeah. They're obviously phenomenally well right now. I got I, Abilene Christian will match up with them down low. Yeah. They'll get smothered at the guard position. But they're plus nine. Yeah. I liked it that one. I liked I like the Longhorns to cover that. Um I kind of feel like Shaka's gonna have them ready. I think he knows that this is like his window to make a run. He's kind of been building they won the NIT a couple years ago. I think everybody kind of laughed at them and, you know, oh, you know, Texas is 
you know, is Texas back? You know, we do that a lot in football. Um, and Shaka was so good at VCU. And I think now he's finally got his roster that he's been building. And I think that, that they're going to, I wouldn't say a deep run, but they're, they're going to make some noise. All right. Um, here's one for you. Uh, Houston minus 20 against uh, Cleveland State. Yeah, take that. Uh, Houston is an auto bet at this point for me. Although they did lose a couple towards the end, but I was texting you for about a month every time they played auto yeah. bet Houston. You were covering. Yeah. Here's, here's a bonus. Drexel plus 22 against Illinois. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I looked at that one too because you wonder if the emotional high of winning or uh you know doing what they did if it may and and yes I don't know anything about Hartford okay but Baylor traditionally has been from a motivation standpoint not very good Mm -hmm. they don't tend to come out of the gates hot which is why I in the big 12 tournament I took them first uh Kansas State first half to cover some spread against them and Kansas State almost cut, like beat them outright in the first half. Baylor just never starts well, so yeah, I don't even know what the spread is on that game. But I, I say I don't know, but I, I took over one forty and a half. Yeah, yeah. So, um, cool. all right. So we're both pretty sharp Final Four wise. Um, you've got the Cougs, I've got the Zags. Uh, it's going to be fun, like we said. Nick, appreciate you jumping on. Um, excited. Uh, we were fired up this time last year, and then everything came to a halt. But uh, we will be cranked up and ready to go on Thursday. So thank you to Nick for joining and uh, giving us all of his analytical knowledge about the tournament. Thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in. And thanks to our sponsors and Davis McCord State Farm for making it all possible. For Nick over there, I'm Zach. This has been Podcast Rebellion. Happy bracket busting. We'll talk to you all later. We out.